Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Mark Wiseman, CMIO at Peninsula Regional Medical Center. In this segment, Dr. Wiseman talks about the evolution of the CMIO from a buffer between providers and CPOE to a relationship-oriented role, the key areas in which he feels CMIOs can have more of an impact in the future, and the things that scare him and excite him most about the future of healthcare. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare. See your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. When you talked about what made you want to come to this organization and then take the role, you talked about those relationships with the other C-suite members. And obviously, that's something that's so important. But what has been your strategy in doing that and really trying to play off each other's strengths? CMIO role is such a relationship-oriented role. The first relationship that I thought was key to form was with my CNIO. And I learned if I do what she says, it works perfectly. And I'm good with that. Hmm. She's really great. And so that's just been a relationship that I've continued to work on. And we learn from each other. She has a ton of nursing experience and understands parts of the organization that I just had very little previous exposure to and vice versa. And we've been great resources for each other. The resource that I think has been the one that I enjoy engaging with the most when I can get the opportunity with is our chief operating officer. Because she is challenged with the all the operational components that a CMIO can help with in terms of reducing length of stay, reducing readmissions, helping the OR run in a more streamlined fashion and helping providers reduce waste and order the appropriate tests and how we can do that through the use of guiding them with order sets. And those kinds of tools have been fantastic to work with a COO that is really invested and understands the value that we're bringing to the table. So those are the relationships that I, I really treasure and work on developing on a regular basis. Right. Right. And I'm sure it's interesting when you're coming into this organization because there's that adjustment period of, of getting to know the people, the culture. And um, because you were with another organization previously for a long time, how did you approach that, you know, being the new person? Probably not as thoughtfully as I, in retrospect, wish I did. I, I was really just, okay, let's see who I can meet and see what their troubles are and see where I can add value was my first approach. And in retrospect, it could have been more thoughtful and planned out the approach of, okay, how do I really understand and what can I do? Because our chief operating officer, one of her pain points was in analytics and as an area that I was particularly strong with, but there was someone else in the organization who felt like they owned analytics and really wasn't interested in someone else coming in and chiming in with outside opinions. So I needed to be more thoughtful about that in retrospect. And I guess it's just a learning point for me. But the role of analytics and how important that is to the organization, the COO had this great vision, and I really wanted to be a part of that. And I see the value in it. I still think it's something our organization needs to do. 
Yeah, definitely. It's like you said, to have that strong relationship with the uh, chief operating officer is something that I think really is a smart move. And I guess not that it doesn't happen, but we don't always hear about it. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's hard for me to get time on the COO schedule. And I'm sure other CMIOs experience that as well. I'm sure CIOs do too, that these people are busy. And so sometimes I find if I can get with the service line leader, the head of cardiology or orthopedics, that's pretty good too, because their agenda is also what the COO is worried about, the major service lines. So I've been able to form good relationships there and as a proxy, get to understand where's the organization going, where should I be helping us get to in terms of moving providers and the data and the informatics behind it to all align behind the COO's vision. Right. Right. And you talked about the CMIO being a relationship-oriented role, which you know certainly is, is what we've heard before. But when you look at where this role is going or where it should be going as healthcare continues to evolve, what do you think CMIOs will really need to have going forward in terms of skill set? I think the original purpose of a CMIO, if we go back a decade or so, was to be the buffer between angry providers and computerized order entry. And that role has transitioned to more of the care and feeding of the electronic health record. So that's the informatics part. That's making sure we're doing clinical decision support right. That's helping out with some analytic work. I think the CMIO needs to advance across the country to a higher level, particularly in understanding the business of the hospital and the business of healthcare. So that relates a lot to population health and how can we add value? How can we use clinical decision support to deliver better outcomes, to reduce variation? How can we make the data transparent to other providers to show them where they're being an outlier, whether that's for good or for bad, and pushing that transparency issue? I think that the financial cases where CMIOs tend to be weak and an area where we really need to buff up. I think we've got the informatics part down pretty well because we've been doing this for so long. I think analytics is an area where we could improve as well, particularly, you don't have to know SQL, but you need to be able to speak the language of the analysts and in particular data visualization, understanding how the data should be presented to other C-suite executives is really important. A good analyst will know it, but not all analysts have that skill. And being able to say, here's the clinical problem and helping that analyst produce the graphs and the data that tells a story is just so important. That's another skill I think CMIOs should be focusing on. So finance, analytics, and data visualization are kind of the key tools. Sitting on top of a foundation of really strong informatics and the leadership roles that go along with that. I think CMIOs are the dealing more with direct reports, particularly the application teams. At this point, the CMIOs should be really well integrated with those teams and leading them, whether that's directly or indirectly. But I think that those leadership skills that come along with leading people, if it's not something the CMIO has developed, they definitely need to have that skill because the CMIO of the future should be leading large teams of people. Right. Right. That, that's a really, really good picture. And when you talked about data visualization, I can imagine that is really coming into play now with everything going on. Data visualization can be a 
manipulative tool or an appropriate teaching tool. I think one of the points that we're getting towards in healthcare is, hey, we've got enough data. We understand that. Start giving us information. And as CMIOs, that's really an important role for us is to say, give us good information. For instance, let's say during this crisis, we're doing a lot of remote patient monitoring and everyone's on their Fitbit and sharing their heart rates and their their movement and their weight or whatever else we get through remote patient monitoring. That's just data. And we will get just inundated with it all. We really don't want data. We want information. Do me a favor, summarize all of the pulse oximetry readings and tell me the patient who's got a downward trend. That's the one I need to know about. And as CMIOs, we need to protect our providers so that they don't get inundated with just data dumps into their in-basket where they're getting hundreds of blood pressure readings and pulse oximetry readings and Apple Watch telemetry readings and what have you. We, we need to do a better job as that as CMIOs. Yeah, and that comes down to what you had mentioned as really being excuse me, a foundation for the role is to really kind of be that voice for the physicians and even with all the evolution the role is taking, it seems like that really still has to be just such a core of it, a core part of it. And I should say it's a partnership with the CIO. And I guess I haven't mentioned enough about the CIO and I should feel delinquent about that. This I'm picturing in my mind, the CMIO, CIO, that's a partnership. So everywhere I say CMIO, just stick the CIO word right in there with it. CNIO along with it. It's a triad. The three are so closely aligned these days and with so much overlap that a good working partnership between the three is essential. Right. So I like to throw out vague questions. Sometimes people love them, sometimes they hate them. But when you look at, at the direction that healthcare is going as an industry, all the change we're seeing, the current situation notwithstanding, what excites you most and scares you most about where this industry is going? I guess I'll take that from a tech perspective. I think I'm most excited about is the robotic process automation. There is so much in healthcare that the human is doing, this manual process data entry garbage that I can't wait until the robot takes it over. Let the computer do this stuff. I think about the manual scanning in of labs because we don't have interoperability. So I've got a patient that goes to the hospital across the street and their lab results come to me by fax, and yet I want to trend their hemoglobin A1C, their lipids, their thyroid, and I have to have someone manually enter those labs into discrete fields in order to make use of that data. I can't wait till we're out of that business. So that's what I think really exciting, and I think that'll happen in many fields, all across technology in general, but healthcare is ripe for it. It's a matter of making an investment into it and then having some trust that the computer is going to get it right because you really can't match patient data into the wrong patient. So it's really got to be very fine-tuned to be patient-safe. I think what scares me the most is cyber threats. I'm hearing right now there's some scammers out there that are sending out coronavirus-related threats that people are clicking on and downloading software making it look like they're spoofing a CDC website or their own prevention officers and making it look like, hey, we need you to click here to watch this video and download this video that's telling you what to do about coronavirus. People are downloading it and just making themselves susceptible. We're in for a rough ride here. Forget about coronavirus, just cyber threats in general. 
And I guess what goes along with scaring me is declining margins in healthcare because that limits our ability to invest in the infrastructure we need to protect ourselves. So those are the two things that scare me, declining reimbursements and cyber threats. Right. Those are both, both definitely very scary things. But when you look at the progress that's been made, especially when, when we think about data being turned into information, I would think that for you, for someone who's, who's been in that role of, of the provider, that it really is exciting to finally start to see what this data can do. I think the information blocking thing that's now blown over, all the privacy concerns are being hopefully well addressed, hopefully. And now we can really get sharing data and the EMR vendors not in the way so much. I really am excited about that. I think we've got great times ahead where we'll understand the journey our patients been on and being able to put those pieces together from the patient that goes to all different healthcare providers and then we can do population health if we can get a complete picture of the patient. It's so hard to do population health when you're seeing the patient through a soda straw and so much other activities going on around it that you just don't have visualization into. The social determinants of health being a key part of that, but also the health plan data, they know so much more than what the doctor in the exam room can know. We've got to be able to share that information, get it out of the silos, put it in the hands of the patient so that they're in control of their experience more and who has their data, and then being able to make use of that in our EMR. And again, not just providing us data, but providing us with information. I don't need to see every single glucose they had while they're in the hospital six years ago. I need to understand, is the patient sick or not right now, and what do I need to focus on? So we need some artificial intelligence to be working with us. Right. That's really exciting stuff. So last thing I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that you do a podcast, uh, which I think is very cool. But as I know, it's also a lot of work on top of everything else you're doing, I'm sure. So can you talk about um, basically what drove you to start doing this and um, what do you enjoy most about it? I started this, it's called CMIO Podcast, less than a year ago. It began because I was looking for practical information, the hands-on stuff that CMIOs need to know. Now, at the time, I was starting to study for my informatics boards, which I am thrilled to say I passed. And I was taking the board review course. Highly recommend that. Great course. It teaches you not so much the practical stuff. What do you do when a doctor is really angry about that change you just made and has a voodoo doll with a pin going through your eyeball. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we want to know how to handle. That practical advice was something that I just wasn't getting. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make it. So I wrote down 20 topics that I wanted to talk about and then started reaching out to people. And I was just shocked that people were willing to talk to me. I loved it. And I make it very clear, the show, it's not about me. It is about the other CMIOs, the other guests, and what they're doing to make healthcare easier for others. And picking their brain and getting that practical advice out of them and making it a nice, relaxed, casual conversation, which you're very good at too, by the way, which is why I love listening to your podcast. Put people at ease. They can open up and say, here's what I'm working on and here's why I think it's great. And that's what I try to do too with my podcast. Yeah, and just that ability for your guests to be able to put things out there, whether it's something that they feel they are doing well or whether it's looking for for more input. But just having these types of conversations is so important. 
you know, everybody has, uh, we all have strengths and weaknesses. We're all doing things right and uh, maybe not as good. So I think it's just so important to have these dialogues going. One of my favorite episodes that you did was when you interviewed Lee Milligan, who I've interviewed as well. Lee's a great guy. I went to med school with him. And, oh, did you? Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, there's a connection there from a long time ago. But Lee can really explain topics so well from both that provider side and now he's got the CIO hat on. And I would love to see more providers in that CIO role. I think maybe one day in my future, that may be a direction I want to go into and just help to translate the technology problems that we're having. And it's bigger than just the clinical application. There's so much more. And I love that interview you did with him and the, and the points that he raised. I, I agree, too. I think it's so interesting when we find CIOs who have had the CMIO role or some, well, there are some combinations, too, out there. But it's, I think, a really interesting perspective. So, And, and you do plan to keep doing the podcast Absolutely. For as long as I can, I really enjoy it. I'm over 70 episodes now. The hard part is finding people who want to talk. I don't want to make it always a a vendor. In fact, I try to limit that. I really want the practical CMIOs, but someone's got a really good product that I think CMIOs should know about. I do try to get them on the show. I like Mm -hmm. to get doctors on the show. I like to get CIOs on the show. I've had a hard time doing that. I have to get more CIOs. But that's because everyone's trying to sell them stuff. And when I created this, I, I'm not sponsored by anyone. It's just me. And I'm just looking to put information out there for the next generation of CMIOs that are coming along. And so I'm hoping to find people that are willing to spend 30, 40 minutes to share their insights and just to give back to the community a little bit. Everyone I've worked with so far has been really gracious with their time. And I appreciate that because, as you know, these podcasts don't always go according to plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are always things that can go wrong for you, for your role that you have now, everything going on, um, you know, to be able to give us this time. We're really grateful. I I really liked hearing your insights. And um, I think it's so important for our audience to make sure that we're getting that broad perspective. So, yeah, I want to thank you so much for uh, for giving us this time today. In my pleasure. I'm a great fan of the show. Keep up your good work and let's make sure we stay in touch Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks for the kind words. It's always nice to hear. Anytime. Well, thank you, Kate. Appreciate it. It's been great being on the show with you. Okay. Thanks so much. And I'll be in touch. Okay. Bye-bye, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.